0: And, and just to, just to clarify, you, you didn't have to use the bathroom or anything in the back, right? You know, there was a lot of talk on social media that you were kind of like jogging like you had to use the bathroom or something. I was cramping. I ain't putting Paul Pierce. I didn't put a Paul Pierce. I, I was cramping. And what was the other question?
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Extra Yard with Augustina Breastar. I'm Augustina, and this week I'm joined by Preston Fuller. Preston, always super fun to have you on the show. How are you doing this morning? It's It's pretty early.
0: Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, it's uh, it's I guess it's not super early here. It's nine o'clock, um, but I'm feeling up. I'm moving around. I'm feeling chipper. Ready to talk about some football.
1: So for anyone who hasn't listened to my show with Preston on it previously, uh, Preston lives in the Midwest. I live on the West Coast, but since I'm a morning person, it works out perfectly because he's kind of awake. When I'm awake here, and no one on the West Coast is awake when I'm awake here, so probably my favorite guest, but don't tell anyone else. <laughs> uh, <laughs> time zones. What if we just spent the whole podcast talking about time zones? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I don't know what it is. With the time. Last time I was on, we were talking about time zones, too. Seems like a common theme whenever I show up.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, because last time we talked about which time zone is the best time zone to watch sports in. Yep. Amazing time zones. I don't know. Is that like considered science? Math? I, don't, I don't know. It's not football, and this is an NFL podcast. No. So we're going to talk about the NFL now. Um, I will say I met Preston on Seahawks Twitter. Great place. It's a great place to be. Whether or not you're a yep. fan, it's a great place to be. Uh, ben Baldwin, Analytics doesn't get any better than that. Um, But this is Preston's third time on the pod now, and we haven't talked about the Seahawks yet, which is unfortunate, and we're going to continue that because we're not talking about the Seahawks today either.
0: extremely unfortunate. We're going to need to change that sometime.
1: Okay, the problem is, I have no desire to talk about the Seahawks in the Jets game, because whatever you learned about the Seahawks, I promise you didn't learn. They played the Jets.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's fair.
1: And any team is going to look good against the Jets, so... Although we also said that about the Giants, and we know how that turned out. So,
0: Right.
1: Anyways, we're going to discuss some other Week 14 action. So crazy that we're already this far into the NFL season.
0: Right.
1: And preview a game that I think everyone has had circled on their calendars for a while now. Everyone, as in me. So we're going to talk about it, and I'm sure others. (laughs) Preston, which games stood out to you the most this past week?
0: Um, yeah, I think uh, I think def- the, the highlight of the week was obviously Monday Night Football, mm-hmm. Baltimore and Cleveland. That was probably probably one of the best games this year so far. That game was a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, That was pro- that was probably the one that stood out the most.
1: I would agree. I think that one was very, very fun. Although the first half was not it for me. It's just like, right. I, so I have, we have a bike here at my apartment, like a stationary mm-hmm. bike. And mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole time I was just sitting there on the bike during the first half. And it was nice that I had the bike. Cause then I didn't really have to pay attention to the first half, right. but then of course we saw it get very good right. pretty quickly. So I think let's talk about Monday night football first and then just see where we go from there perfect are you ready to declare that that was the best football game of the year because i said that it's the most best monday night game of the year i don't know if i'm ready to declare it the best game of the year
0: yeah fair okay. enough uh i i tweeted after the game that it was probably the best monday night game and i stand by that i can't think of a more exciting monday night game we've had this season mm-hmm. As far as best game of the year, um, yeah, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would declare it game of the year yet, but it's certainly a contender. Right. Um, I'd probably have to think about it a little more. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a fun game for sure. Definitely, definitely, uh, competes for best game of the year for
1: sure. Yeah. I'm going back and I'm looking right now and I'm not quite sure which game I would say is the game of the year. I think as a Seahawks fan, I'm going to have a little bias in this, but I think there's a couple Seahawks games that have been, you know, Minnesota, New England. Mm -hmm. Those are very exciting games as a Seahawks person. Um, The Cardinals also – I think both Cardinals games, honestly, even though one of them was an L. They were both fun
0: games. Yeah, they were fun games.
1: Other than that, I'm not quite sure I could – I would need a little bit more time as well. Look at me asking questions that I'm not even prepared for.
0: <laughs> it's, <laughs> anyways, one the, it's, it's one of those days.
1: <laughs> it's one of those days. It's the morning. Yeah. It's the morning. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so we both declare it best Monday night game of the year. And I think that's probably pretty valid. I mean, it's the first time we've seen 20 points in the final two minutes of a game since
0: 2013.
1: Oh. Um, I know. Fun fact. It, yeah, it, it felt fun. like a movie to me. You know, of course, mm-hmm. it was 100 percent,
0: hundred percent. So when dramatic. when Lamar came running out of the locker room, that was like that was like chills, like that was so awesome.
1: <laughs> I feel like all we needed in that moment was music.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: if there was music with Lamar running out of the locker room, I would have just it would have been over, game over. I would yeah. never, I would never watch a movie again in my life. <laughs> I'm already yeah. not a movie person, but I think that's it. So overall, just a very fun game as a football fan, right? You mm-hmm. just, I'm thankful for moments like this in 2020, basically, yeah. when everything just feels super sucky. I'm thankful for moments like that, I guess. So anyways, felt like a movie. It was intense. It felt dramatic. It kind of had playoff vibes, you know? Oh, yeah. Just because of the intensity. And I think really... The story of this game is Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, he was literally a superhero, right? Like, he saved the game for the Ravens. Not only did he save the game, it felt like, you know, he saved their season, in a sense. Yep. I don't know. I would have to go and look quickly what the Ravens, like, odds were of making the playoffs. But after that mm-hmm. win, they now have, according to 538, an 88% chance of making the playoffs as a wildcard team. So... Yep you know, literally saved a lot of things for the Ravens and just Mm -hmm. the way he did it, right? You know, leaving in the fourth quarter, coming back at the end of the fourth quarter, converting that fourth and five with that amazing pass to Hollywood. Also, Mm -hmm. Hollywood, I've never said a single thing about how terrible of a wide receiver you are. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Fair enough.
1: It's funny because what, like. Five minutes before that pass, I DM'd you and I was like, does Hollywood Brown just yeah. not have
0: hands? Yeah, seriously, I thought I was thinking the exact same thing.
1: <laughs> I don't understand. And I'm really happy I didn't tweet it because that wouldn't have aged very well.
0: No, definitely not. <laughs>
1: um. Anyways, so literal goosebumps, like on my arms <laughs> as I was watching Lamar run onto the field.
0: <laughs> yep, big time.
1: And... I think, too, even just going back and listening to post-game interviews of Lamar, you know, saying that he saw McSorley get injured during the play. So he was like, okay, I got to get out there. You know, I got to mm-hmm. go do this for my team. And then, you know, during that time, I wasn't completely convinced Lamar was going to be able to do it. And right. then he did it. And here we are talking about it now. Yes. Superhero, Seriously. Lamar. Hmm. <laughs> I think the other thing that made this a very exciting game, okay, so I judge how exciting a football game is based on the response it's getting on Twitter. So, oh, if yeah. there's a lot of people talking about it. It's got to be a good game, right? Yep. No one was talking about the Seahawks and the Jets. Sorry. <laughs> I was.
0: I was. <laughs> just, just, just me.
1: <laughs> but... But a ton of people were talking about this game. Oh, yeah. And my favorite moments were when Lamar had originally left the field and Twitter just went off with all (laughs) the poop jokes and like the Paul Pierce, (laughs) all of that, which of course at the beginning of this episode, we all heard Lamar Jackson say that he was not pulling a Paul Pierce.
0: Yeah, I'm not buying it at all. <laughs>
1: See if you
0: if, if you watch the video, so if you watch the video of him entering the locker room and then when he left the locker room, so when he when he's running in there, if you if you look, it's like it's like a it's like a I'm running out of time type of run. You know what I mean? And then on his way out, he kinda like adds a little limp because he's not limping on the way in. You know what I mean? It just seems a little bit suspect. I'm not saying that that's what was going on. I would just say signs maybe point towards the old Paul Pierce.
1: (laughs) Okay, see, we don't have to talk about this for that long, but someone sent me the clip of him Mm -hmm. saying I didn't pull a Paul Pierce. I think it was literally the same video that I used at the beginning of this. And Mm -hmm. in that moment, I was like, okay, he – you know, why would someone say they didn't pull a Paul Pierce if they weren't pulling a Paul Pierce, you know? like It just seems weird. But then listening to the full interview, and, like, he was literally asked, did you have to use the restroom? And then he responded with that. So it's like, if you pull it out of context and literally just play Lamar's part, then I understand. But the reporter was like, okay, tell us, did you have to go to the bathroom? And he was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I had cramps. (laughs) So, (laughs) anyways. Not important, Lamar. no, let's talk yeah. about Lamar for a little bit let's
0: because
1: do it. you know, last year, MVP season from Lamar just absolutely insane. you know he mm-hmm. he's a talent unlike any we've ever seen before. And I think there's a lot of people who this season have just kind of forgot about that, you know, kind of mm-hmm. forgotten that Lamar Jackson is this he's a great quarterback. Sorry to all the people who think he doesn't know how to throw the ball. He's a great quarterback, and he can do both things. He runs the ball like no other, and then, you know, he can make the throws. We saw Uh that throw to Hollywood. It was a great, great throw. Uh So I think this is the best I've ever seen Lamar Jackson, even including all of those games from last season. Because last season, they had a lot going on for them, like Mm -hmm. going for Mm -hmm. them, right? Their run game was just, you know, record breaking. It was so good. And then, you know, their defense. And, you know, Lamar wasn't, the team didn't have to be placed on his back. I'll compare it to Russell Wilson in that sense, where, you know, you know Russell Wilson is carrying that whole team a lot of the time. And that wasn't Lamar Jackson for a lot of last season.
0: Mm
1: That was Lamar Jackson on Monday night. You know, without Lamar making the plays he did, playing out of his mind as he did, they're not winning that game. Yeah. So, I don't know. What what do you think about that? Is that traumatic?
0: (laughs) No, I don't think so. I mean, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. They weren't going to win that game without Lamar. And he showed up on fourth and five or whatever it was and made a huge play. Probably one of the biggest plays of the year from anyone that we've seen. Um, and I was thinking this the other day, but that was like truest to form like textbook Lamar Jackson that we've seen all season. You know what I mean? That's how he looked in his MVP year. And we got to see it a little bit mm-hmm. on Monday night, which was refreshing because we haven't really seen that much from him this year. And, and, and not that he's been bad, but we haven't seen that like MVP, super clutch caliber, Style from him this year as much, um, and and he he definitely pulled it out on the Monday Night game, um, and in that in that instance, he looks like the best quarterback in the league when he's playing like that.
1: Mm-hmm. So. And I I don't say this lightly. <laughs> I think this whole season I've just been waiting for Lamar Jackson. I've been waiting for this game, and I think a lot of people have been waiting for this game, and it's because we knew yeah. it was in him. Right? Yeah, it's not sure. like I'm expecting Carson Wentz to have this game. I'm expecting yeah. Lamar Jackson to have this game because I know Lamar Jackson can have this game. Yeah, of course. Now, I say all of this with the fact that Cleveland's defense was a hot mess. <laughs> there were so many missed tackles and just yeah. Oh my goodness. It was it was bad. It was bad. Do we expect to see the Ravens' offense continue to look like this throughout the rest of the season?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, yes. But also, at the same time, I kind of always expect that from them. You know what I mean? Just because of what we've seen them do recently, as in, like, the last season or so. Um, I think that the Cleveland Browns' defense did make a lot of mistakes, but at the end of the day, they are a good defense. Um, and part of those mistakes are credit to the offense, forcing mistakes, you know what I mean? Um, so I definitely think that, uh, I definitely think that that the Ravens should and probably likely will be playing at a higher, higher caliber for the rest of the year, especially now that you know, it's crunch time playoffs are coming up. Um, but yeah, I think I think what we saw from them, Monday night is a pretty good indication of probably what we're going to see from them going forward. Um, you know, they had a pretty big hiccup, or they've had hiccups all year long. They've they've suffered like a lot of like a lot of uh, a really tough break due to COVID and stuff like that. Um, and it kind of seemed like they were never really in a rhythm. Um, but I think after that after that game we saw on Monday night, I think that might be a big turning point for them. Mm-hmm. So. I
1: think you brought up a good point of how it is crunch time for them. Yep. You know, I don't, you know, the Ravens, they have the Jaguars, the Giants, and then the Bengals. So I will say that I think expecting their offense to look the way they have is realistic. Mm -hmm. Have as in on Monday. Right. (laughs) Um, I think it's realistic, although the Giants could be iffy considering we've seen them stop some offenses. Yeah. Um, Seattle (laughs) would be one of them. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But. I, it's realistic for them to win the next three, is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, yeah I, th- I think they win out for sure. Um,
1: and then it gets to the point where you have the Browns, the Ravens, and the Steelers all in the playoffs. And so basically, what I'm saying is the AFC North is the N- AFC. Yeah, I said AFC North is the NFC West.
0: Yeah, I'd say that's probably the. As far as competition goes, that's probably like the biggest look-alike in the league compared to the NFC West. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'd be shocked if three out of the four teams from both of those conferences don't make the playoffs that's or so divisions. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's competitive over there, and uh, and I think I think if you don't mind, I need to say this, but the Browns, regardless of that L they took. In that game that was a huge huge statement for them like it's a moral victory
1: it's moral victory
0: oh yeah I mean like it's it's terrible but like they lost the game of course they would have preferred to win but like Mm -hmm. yo they were there to compete and they did compete and they were slugging it out and like other than a few blunders on on defense like they looked pretty good Mm -hmm. um I think that the earlier in the season I think it was the first time I was on your podcast I I talked a, a very, very ridiculous amount of crap about the Browns and Baker Mayfield, and uh, I, I'm almost regretting it a little. I, here's the thing: I still think Baker's probably the weakest link in that in that offense and on the team. Um, but the the Browns the Browns are here. Like you don't end up you don't end up in the position they're in on accident. I don't believe that they're they're a good team.
1: So let's talk about that right now. Um, because yes, I think I slightly remember what you're talking about. I do think Baker Mayfield is the weakest link on this team. And (laughs) I don't regret saying that. (laughs) No, I, and you know, we've seen what, like three really good games from Baker this year Yep, or two, two or three. And after every single game, I always say, like, that's such a loss for, like, the Cleveland franchise because Uh they're going to stick with him, right? Right. You see these games from Baker and you're just like, that's it. He's got to be our guy. Uh And whenever I talk to people about this, I always bring up the fact of, like, would you want Baker to be your team's quarterback? And every single time the answer is no. So it's like – No way. If I don't want him to be my team's quarterback like from a, an NFL standpoint, why on earth would Cleveland want to keep him? Yeah. And I understand it makes sense. It's it's hard because we've seen a lot of inconsistency from him this season. Yeah. And I'm just going to say he was a dumpster fire the first like 5, 6 whatever games. Like they were winning, but also it wasn't because of Baker. Like his PFF rankings and all of that, he was still very, very low for a team Uh that's winning those games. Um, And (laughs) I get a lot of backlash for this because I I tend to talk more about the passing game than the running game. Uh, Uh But, you know, Cleveland's run game is insane. It is Uh so... Freaking good. And when yep. your run game is that good, you don't necessarily need your pass game to be Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> I guess. Right. But you, you, it's kind of like with Buffalo, but opposite. You know, Buffalo right. has a really good pass game, so they don't need a great run game. I think Cleveland's uh-huh. opposite. They have a very good run game. They don't need a great pass game. Yeah. I imagine, like sometimes I think about this, and I'm like Cleveland would be a very – good football team if they had another quarterback who was more capable
0: yep I totally agree with you um yeah no I think uh, I was talking to someone about this the other day but uh that run game they have reminds me a lot of what the Saints had a couple of years ago and Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara um it, it, it's great because Ch- Chubb is just Chubb is just a tank the guy's, a, the guy's a freaking wrecking ball. And Kareem Hunt has been so sick. Like, mm-hmm. that game was unreal from him that we saw on Monday night. Yeah. Um, yeah, their run game is sick. And even their receivers are sick, too. Even with the OBJ injury, like, if they had a more competent quarterback, they would probably, they would probably have the most – they would probably have the best offense in the
1: league. Mm-hmm. And it, it's hard and I'm, we're going to get a lot of judgment for this, just so you know, Preston. I yeah, fine. And I don't, we're not saying that Baker Mayfield is a bad quarterback, necessarily. Yeah. And especially yeah. coming off of this game, I think we've seen that Baker Mayfield's ceiling is pretty dang high. It's right. just that he doesn't reach that ceiling a lot of the time. Yeah. If they had a competent... A more competent, I'll say more. I think Baker is slightly competent. <laughs> if they had a more competent quarterback, Cleveland would be a team I would actually be afraid of. Yeah. As of now, I go into every game thinking that Cleveland can lose. Whereas oh, yeah. with teams like Kansas City, I don't go in thinking they're going to lose. I go in thinking that no matter what the heck happens, no matter how Patrick Mahomes plays, no matter what the run game looks like, the defense absolutely sucks. I go into the game thinking they're going to win. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest difference. Um, Also, there was just a lot of things in this game that if it were to happen in another game, I don't think the same results would come. Like, the Browns fumbled the ball so many freaking times.
0: Oh my god, I know. <laughs> and they didn't lose it once.
1: I know. I don't understand. <laughs> like And so there were some things that happened with both offenses that and defenses where it was just like I don't think we'll ever see it replicated again. Right. Like yeah. I don't know if Lamar in this offense will ever look as great as they did in this game. Yeah. I don't know if Cleveland will get as lucky as they did in this game to not lose those turnovers. I don't – Yeah. Let's talk about the defenses for a little bit though. feels weird to talk about yeah. the defenses because for the longest time in the season, it felt like the defense just like didn't exist anywhere in the league other than like Pittsburgh. Um, hmm. Are you at all – because I don't think either defense looked spectacular. I think Raven's defense – they looked better than Cleveland's. But I yeah. I didn't walk away from this game thinking like, oh, those defenses were great.
0: Yeah, so, for sure.
1: With that, I ask you, are you worried at all about Baltimore's defense?
0: Um. Yeah, I think I would say I'm more worried about Baltimore's defense than I am about Cleveland's. Um, and that's only because Cleveland, I feel like, in my opinion, at least, has a better defense that just made a lot of mistakes, which I think comes comes almost it's it's expected when you when you play against a quarterback and an offense like the Ravens have when they're really on point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the Ravens' D is gonna is gonna be there is gonna be their Achilles' heel in the postseason. Um, I think that that game was spectacular and. It was a really high-scoring game. Um, usually, when that happens, it's a testament to the offense, which is also a testament to the lack of defense. Um, yeah, I think that uh, I think that I'd be a little more concerned if I was a Ravens fan, for sure.
1: See, I I don't usually completely disagree with my guess, <laughs> but I completely disagree with that take.
0: Fair and
1: enough. I think I'm more concerned if I'm. Let me think about this. Yeah, I think I'm more concerned if I'm a Cleveland fan. Because, really, the Ravens' defense, I think we've seen, they really rely on those turnovers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they had the opportunity to get it seven times, and they didn't. Mm -hmm. So, I can – I think they'll be better at that in the remainder of the season. And – I don't know, Cleveland's defense, it was just so many, like, missed coverages. Their tackling was just, you know, at this point in the season, you should not see that many missed tackles. And there was yeah. just
0: a lot. Totally.
1: And I think it's more so that I trust Lamar Jackson more than I trust Baker Mayfield.
0: I percent We can agree on that. <laughs>
1: so, I don't know. I We could just leave that there. Anyways, according to 538, the Steelers are locked into the playoffs. The Browns have an 87% chance of making the playoffs and the Ravens have an 88% chance. I think it's really interesting that the Browns have technically a 1% chance less. It must be because the Ravens have both those head-to-heads. Okay, I'm not very I'm not a stats person. I don't know. But anyways, after Sunday night's game, which was Pittsburgh and Buffalo, a game that I was extremely excited about, also very let down. (laughs) It was not at all. Honestly, I should have expected that, though, because I don't think I I should have expected that. (laughs) Um, But here we are. Um, After that Sunday game, I had told myself and basically texted everyone that I know who likes football, and I was like, the only thing this game taught me is that I don't think either of these teams could beat Kansas City. And I think we're at a point where it's kind of like we all – okay, we know Kansas City is going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Which team do we think is going to be second? Kind of boring, super lame. Yeah. So – and we know there's a ton of randomness in football. You know, we see crazy games all the time. Mm -hmm. We see teams that are really good lose to teams that aren't very good. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about one of those games next. Um. Do you think either the Ravens or the Browns can beat the Kansas City Chiefs in no. the playoffs?
0: I don't. Oh um, such a lame take. I'm just yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they can unless it's like a unless it's like a, a big upset or, or something wild happens. I don't see it happening like because okay, and I have to get I have to give you a little shout out for this because this entire season you have been Pounding that the Steelers are completely overrated.
1: Thank you. Someone <laughs> gives me credit. For yeah.
0: Me. So you, and like you were really on the money because the last two Steelers games have just been a mess. Just <laughs> bad. It's um, anyways. My obvious. point is that there's there is a huge gap between number one in the AFC and then two, three, four, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'd say two through five. Pretty pretty right up there, competing with each other. But the Chiefs are just—they're just still so dominant. I don't see unless there's unless there's a crazy upset. I really don't see any of these teams beating them.
1: Yeah, I, I think if we – even if we took all the teams in the NFL, so compared to teams in the NFC, I do think I would give. I think there's probably like three teams in the NFC that I think could beat the Chiefs. Who not? Green Bay, the Saints, yeah. and the Rams. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> <Nah>.
0: <laughs> no, that's alright.
1: <laughs> um, depending on the Rams, very, very, very dependent on how Jared Goff plays <laughs> that game specifically. But yeah. yeah, um, I think those three teams that I listed kind of have the formula that I think is necessary to beat Kansas City. Yeah. I think if any team, so I'll make a pick. I'll choose a team that I think could be the Chiefs. For a while, I was thinking, okay, never did I think it was the Steelers. (laughs) I'm just going to put that out there. We
0: we know. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: For a little bit, I kind of thought it could be Buffalo. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I'm just not convinced. Not convinced. But honorable mention. I would say it's the Ravens. And I, I've i been – it's weird to say considering I literally have a podcast like titled something about how the Chiefs are the Ravens kryptonite. <laughs> so it's like there's that. But if the Ravens can play like they did Monday, like if Lamar Jackson can have that game again, if their offense can – put up that many points again, then I think they have a chance. I also have you seen some of the crazy takes that are like the Browns have the best chance?
0: Uh, No, I haven't. And honestly, thank God. But here's the thing. There's one thing you need to know about me. And so I'm here for the crazy takes and I've got a lot of them. So you know what? I'm going to roll with it. Go Browns.
1: Um, no, I have seen that. And cause what do we think the formula for competing with the chiefs is that you have to have a somewhat solid defense and an offense that can put up at least 35 points.
0: Yeah. You got, you gotta be, you gotta have an offense that can slug it out and you gotta have an offense that's going to put a ton of pressure on Mahomes. Um, you don't beat, you don't beat the chiefs with one or the other, because even if you do cause, even if you do cause mistakes on the chiefs defense, like you got to answer back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like every time you get the ball, you have to answer. Um, yeah.
1: I Basically, when you're playing the Chiefs, I don't think you can have a drive where you don't put up points. It yeah. needs to result yeah. in a touchdown or a field
0: goal. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think – I think given that the, the team that probably is most likely to beat them is probably the Ravens. Like you said, if they're playing at that level. Mm-hmm. If they're not, they don't have a chance. Um, but I think that they are probably the – I don't know. I don't think they can beat them. That's just my opinion. But if they they have the best chance, I suppose, if they show up the way they showed up on Monday night and assuming that Lamar doesn't have to do a Paul Pierce mid game. Mm
1: -hmm. What's for a while, you know, as we were, you know, the Chiefs were becoming who they are. I think for a while the take was, you know, you just need a defense that can stop Mahomes. And the reality is, I don't think you stop Mahomes. You know, he threw three interceptions in their game against Miami, and they still put up thirty-three points. You don't yeah. stop Mahomes.
0: No, you you can you can bottleneck him, you can slow him down, but there there's no stopping Mahomes. Not happening.
1: Um. So yeah, I think I think the Ravens also have the you know it's that experience as well that. I don't think the Bills have. I don't think the Browns yeah. have. Um, yeah. Although I really, really wish we could talk about that Pittsburgh and Buffalo game now that I'm thinking about it, just because, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so your take is no teams beating the Chiefs in the AFC.
0: Yeah, I'd say it's not likely, but if it was to happen, I suppose it would probably be the the Ravens.
1: Okay, and I also said the Ravens, so yeah, fun. Let's – so brought up that sometimes teams win games they probably shouldn't win. <laughs> it happens. The Giants yeah. beat the Seahawks. Uh, this weekend, we saw the Eagles beat the Saints. Yeah. And I don't really want to talk about this game actually at all, <laughs> I just want to talk about Jalen. Let's just talk about the quarterback comparison. And the only reason I want to talk about Taysom Hill and the Saints is because eventually, you know, we're going to preview that Kansas City game, that Kansas City and New Orleans game a little bit.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and who knows who's going to be playing quarterback for the Saints. But it very well could be Taysom Hill. Uh-huh. So let's just talk about these two quarterbacks for a little bit. Um, maybe starting with Jalen Hurts. I'll go first. I was very impressed by Jalen Hurts last week on the podcast and on my Twitter, literally everywhere, I was saying that I don't have high expectations for Jalen Hurts considering he was playing the Saints defense who you know we had seen was really becoming the defense that some of us expected they would look like prior to the yeah. season. Um so I really did not expect Jalen Hurts to look good at all. Yeah. Uh I think probably like the Saints defense was expecting. I was also expecting Jalen Hurts to just use his legs. And, you know, we saw he didn't do that. And so he's going to continue to be a starter for reasons because he won this game. And I was not expecting him to win this game. I don't know. What what are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, the Eagles, anything?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Uh, he did well. He had, a, he had a good game. He had some good passes. He missed some easy passes. Um, you know, we could chalk that up to uh, to first start jitters or what have you. Um, but I thought Jalen looked great. I think the Eagles kind of goofed a little bit because they didn't really they didn't really call the game any differently depended on what quarterback they had in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they called it the same as if they had Wentz in. And I feel like Jalen Hurts is is not the same quarterback that Carson Wentz is and can do things that he can't and should be the game should be called appropriately based upon that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I like what I saw. I like what I read about the game. I actually didn't watch the game, so I had to do some catch-up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, dude, even without – even without Drew Brees, like, first start taking down the Saints, who were, who had been on a 10-game win streak, 9-game win streak, like, that's impressive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, regardless of circumstances. Um, yeah, I think that it makes, I don't know, I think this whole situation that's going on in Philly is extremely comical. I think, uh, <laughs> I think that Carson Wentz, uh, he is, uh, I look at him in the same way that I look at Kirk Cousins Simply because they were able to trick a team into paying them so much money when they're they when they really just have no reason to be paid that much, and it's it's going to be a nightmare in the off season for the mm-hmm. Eagles trying to figure this out because they because they owe Carson Wentz so much money. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be bad news. But yeah, I like what I saw from Jalen, and I completely agree with with them naming him the starter going forward or at least this weekend mm-hmm. um i think that i think that that's the, the correct decision
1: definitely okay you brought up a lot of good points in there that i i really hope that we can hit so you have to remind me if i miss something first you. you brought up how the coaching did not seem any different between jalen hurts and carson wentz and that's probably the most important point i want to make in this little segment here (laughs) just because i actually have an eagles fan in my dms right now saying that it was terribly different there is still a few more rollouts and run calls literally like word for word that's what he said and you know going back and watching film you know the play calling was very elementary Mm -hmm. um they were very simple and I promise you that Doug Peterson didn't just turn into, like, a Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan over a one-week period because he knew he was getting Jalen Hurts. Like, it, was, it wasn't a creative offense. <laughs> it really wasn't, right? And there are so many fa- um, fans, Eagles fans, that are upset because they feel like, you know, I've heard the, well, where were these play calls when Carson Wentz was quarterback? They were there, you know, the screens, the rollouts. They were there. The difference is Carson Wentz could not execute the way Jalen Hurts did. And mm-hmm. I I think it's specifically because Carson Wentz is not decisive. Whereas if I took one thing away from this week, it's that Jalen Hurts is decisive. And that's something that, like, last week on the podcast, I said that I was expecting that. Um, Just based on what we've seen from him in the past, specifically regarding his run game. And I think that's probably the biggest difference between Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz is that, you know, Carson Wentz, he scrambles a ton. And it either ends up being a beautiful play or a fumble or an interception or a sack. And Jalen Hurts didn't get sacked once. And I promise it's not because the offensive line was like, oh, Jalen Hurts is our quarterback now. Let's play better. That was not it. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts made the offensive line look better because he's more decisive.
0: Yeah, I, I agree.
1: At one point, there was a play where Jalen Hurts was one-on-one. And then he had a really, really good throw to – oh, God, I don't even remember who it was. Like someone was it who, Yeah, it was. It was that one. And, you know, as I was watching that on the film, I was thinking Carson Wentz is not making that throw. And it's because Carson Wentz is going to scramble for like 10 seconds before making that throw. And who knows? It's going to be a sack, probably. Uh And it's because he's not decisive. It seems like that's something that could probably be coached, right? Carson Wentz, make up your damn mind. (laughs)
0: I think I think a big part of it, too, is like Carson Wentz, like he's been so bad, you know what I mean? And he definitely hears it. And I think part of I think part of his issue, at least later in this season, has just been he's in his head. You know what I mean? And honestly, you don't you can't blame the guy with how bad he's looked and like how much criticism he's had to take this year. Like I'd be in my head, too. Um, But yeah, I think. I think that he. I think that he hits nail on the head on that one. He is just so not confident, and completely indecisive, and mm-hmm. you know he's trying to come out and play hero ball every single game, and it's it's just really backfiring, and it's 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 kind of been the death of the team.
1: Right. I look. The Eagles are a mess. <laughs> the Eagles are a mess, but they could still make the playoffs. Okay. <laughs> uh, crazy. If Jalen Hurts can. Lead this team to a couple more wins in the remainder of the season. I think the Eagles have a very interesting situation as to what to do about quarterback, right?
0: Yeah, you I have, mean, well, what, what can they even do? I, don't know. I, don't, I think their hands are pretty tied, aren't they?
1: Well, I actually did just read something that, you know, the Eagles quarterback situation isn't as bad as, you know, we may think it is. Like the Colts are paying their quarterbacks the same amount of money. Basically, yes. so it's not like. <laughs> I mean, their hands are kind of tied. They could potentially trade Carson Wentz. Maybe. No, who's
0: going to take Carson Wentz?
1: I don't know. <laughs> maybe one. maybe and... Chicago.
0: <laughs> True, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> no,
1: I just think there's, oh. there's teams that could be interested in Carson Wentz because we do know what Carson Wentz has done in the past. (laughs) But also, I just don't know. I don't know. I think you have to see what Carson Wentz can do during the offseason, right? I think during training camp, though, you're going to have a competition. It's going to be between Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz. And hopefully Carson Wentz can figure his stuff out. I will say the same Eagles fan that was in my DMs, Um, so this was just as we started recording, Damien said, haha, I don't know why you have such a fascination of trying to convince people that Carson is such a terrible quarterback. I know that he has had a very bad season and that he has regressed, but he is by no means the number one reason our team is bad.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, here's the, here's the problem. Uh, you know, I have a lot of things I want to say to that. Um, Number one being, yes, he is that number one reason. <laughs> he it, is. And like, it, here's the thing, dude. Like, whoever this whoever this guy is, like, I get it. It's your team. I completely understand. And you want to have, you want it, to, it's the same with Vikings fans that I know. They'll, they'll defend Kirk Cousins, you know, completely irrational, but, you know, I get it. It's loyalty. But, but to say that Carson Wentz isn't the number one reason why the Eagles are bad is completely foolish and just not true. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I get it. I get it. As a you know, as a fan of a team, like you don't wanna, you know, you don't wanna you don't especially with how good Carson Wentz used to be. Um, but this year I feel like it is accurate to say that Carson Wentz is the biggest problem on that team.
1: Yeah, I I'd probably agree, and that doesn't mean that I don't think it's not fixable. Yeah. Right? Like Carson Wentz at one point was a good quarterback. And we've seen a ton of regression, but not regression in a way that we normally see, right? Mm -hmm. Like Carson Wentz's regression is he forgot how to throw the damn ball. Like he -hmm. forgot how to do all of this stuff that it's not, you know, when we speak of regression, it's like, it's not this, it's not like Carson Wentz is just going to forget how, to run the ball or throw the ball or take on defenders one-on-one. Like this is not, that's like a completely different thing where you brought it up. He's in his head. Yeah. It feels like yeah that's not regression. Yeah. That's, that's something completely different.
0: <laughs> yeah. I would, I would agree with that. I think Carson Wentz definitely has the potential to bounce back um, because we have seen him in recent years be a really good quarterback. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it is completely a testament to him. You know, just not having a lot of confidence and and not being able to make plays based on that lack of confidence and mm-hmm. decision making. Um, but I will I will say that I think so. If you take two teams um, that are that have a bad quarterback situation, so like if you put the if you put the Bears next to the Eagles and mm-hmm. say which of these teams do you think with these quarterbacks could bounce back quicker? I would definitely say the Eagles. The Eagles quarterbacks have more talent. They are better quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have been better quarterbacks. You know, I I don't think Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles is going to get any better than they already are. I think what we're seeing is about as good as it gets. But with Carson Wentz, I still, I mean, he's young. I still think he can bounce back. Um, It's just, I feel like you don't see that a ton in the NFL, especially amongst quarterbacks. Um, It's not super common to like have this long of a drought and look this bad and like really lose this much confidence. And like, come back immediately and start playing like lights out. Um, Although I do think it is possible. I think they definitely have all the pieces in order. And I think that Carson Wentz is very capable of playing like that again, as long as he stays injury free. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that being said, I do really think that it was Carson Wentz um, that has been the downfall of this team this year.
1: Right. And I'm going to throw this out there. I don't think Doug Peterson is great by all means. I will say he called the exact same game plan, basically, for Jalen Hurts. Like, Jalen Hurts was not expected to do much out there, which is probably why I'm not completely sold on Jalen Hurts yet. Like, I I really like him. I think he has a ton of potential. But realistically, like, there were some passes that he just left on the field that he really shouldn't have. And then, again, it was an elementary – play calling, wasn't expected to do a ton. I'm going to need to see more for him before I'm completely sold on Jalen Hurts being, Uh like, your guy, basically. (laughs) But, you know, Doug Peterson called the same game plan for Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts won the game. So something Carson Wentz, I don't think would have done that game.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: We can leave that there. Flipping the other quarterback in this matchup, we don't have to talk about him for too long. Taysom Hill. (laughs) Um, I think Taysom Hill, my thing with him is there's just so many negative plays. (laughs) So many. (laughs) And that's just something that, you know, I don't think you can do. And you know what? Let's just transition into previewing this Kansas city and new Orleans game a little bit. Yep. Um, Who even knows if Taysom Hill is going to be the starter for that game? They took Drew Brees off IR earlier this week, so he technically could play should he be ready to play. But who knows if he'll be ready to play. Yeah. I think one of my biggest things with Taysom Hill is I still – I'm very bitter toward Taysom Hill in the whole situation just because I'm a big fan of Jameis Winston. Yeah. (laughs) And – it makes me just wonder, you know, what are they seeing from Jameis Winston in practice that makes them think he hasn't deserved that starting job? Yeah, it's,
0: it doesn't make a ton of sense. <laughs> I don't really understand it either because, like, like Jameis, I mean, from what I've seen from Jameis Winston, like, why, why wouldn't you play him? Like yeah, he's a goofy quarterback that throws some really bad passes, but like it's yeah, like Taysom Hill is like kind of not even really a quarterback. I don't know. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: A tight end, running back, wide receiver. Yeah, all in
0: yeah, time. the man here's he's a jack of all trades, but like Jameis Winston is a jack of one trade. So why wouldn't you start him there? It doesn't. Yeah, I don't get it either. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, yeah. In that game, a lot of a lot of uh, not great plays out of our boy
1: Taysom. Yeah, sadly, he's not my boy. He's not my boy. Not a great, not a lot of great plays. And in the same way that I said Jalen Hurts made that offensive line, you know, an offensive line that we have seen look absolutely terrible up until this point, he made that offensive line look better. And in the same way, Taysom Hill <laughs> makes the Saints' offensive line look really bad. Yeah. um yes I do not think I'm really sad because I was really looking forward to this Kansas City New Orleans game for a really long time now you know I at the beginning of the season I go through and I look and I, I look at the schedule and it's something that i had been looking forward to because this is the these two teams are my Super Bowl picks Right. So it feels like a game that should be a preview of what we're going to see in the Super Bowl. But really, it doesn't because we might get to see Taysom Hill.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, everything I've read this week indicates that unless Drew Brees is pain free, like completely like they role, they're not going to they're not going to play him. Yeah. Um, which I suppose is fine in the long run. Like the Saints are going to make the postseason. Um, so, whatever. But, yeah, I think without Drew Brees, this game is not going to be very good.
1: Yeah. I But who knows? Who knows? We've talked about how football is random. Teams win when they shouldn't win. Yeah. Sometimes quarterbacks look really good when they shouldn't look really good. And, yeah. So, I guess I don't really know. I will say I really hope the Saints defense looks a lot better than they did. Yeah this past weekend against the Eagles, Um, you know, at the beginning of the season, their defense was, and I will say, this is what their defense looked like against Philadelphia. It was just like, what the heck is going on? And then they had that span where they played up to their potential. And that's how I think they're going to have to play against Kansas City.
0: You know, you you can't make
1: it easy for Patrick Mahomes. We said that you can't stop Patrick Mahomes, but you definitely cannot make it easy for him. If you make it easy for him, you don't have a chance. If you want somewhat of a chance, you need to make it a little challenging for him.
0: Yeah, I would agree.
1: So what are your expectations of this game? I don't even know what to expect anymore.
0: Yeah, neither do I. I think it all depends on who starts for the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um even so, even if the Saints were healthy and Drew Brees is starting, I'd probably still pick the Chiefs. Um, but I I don't know, like you said, it like is felt so random. I think it could I think it could go either way, and i agree with you that this is is a very likely and possible, possible and likely uh Super Bowl matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I expect the Chiefs to win. Um, I expect the Saints to struggle if Drew Brees doesn't start. Um, if Drew Brees does start, it would be really, it would be really uh, awesome if we could get just a big shootout, just a slugfest, um, and that's what I would expect if they were healthy. Um, but I think without Drew Brees, I think uh, it's probably not going to be that close.
1: Mm-hmm. I think. If Taysom Hill is a starter, he needs to use Alvin Kamara a lot differently than he has been. Um, it's just, yeah, that's going to have to look a lot different. I want to ask you, if Drew Breeze can't come back, <laughs> would you start Jameis Winston? <laughs>
0: Um. Well. Okay. So at this point, I'm convinced there's something we don't know <laughs> as to why they're not starting Jameson. But uh. But yeah.
1: So of course the people can't see you. I can see you though. <laughs> I feel like I need to just describe to the people what Preston's face looked like when I asked that question. <laughs> you literally looked so confused as like, was she really asking me this right now? <laughs> and I'm really asking him that. Because I would unless there really yeah. is something I don't know
0: yeah I mean there's at this point it doesn't make any sense <laughs> it doesn't make any goddamn sense why the <laughs> heck isn't James Winston starting he is the most true quarterback on this team that they have available right now and they're putting in the Swiss army knife of that is Jason Hill to try to replicate whatever Drew Brees does um I don't know. James Linton loves throwing interceptions, but he also loves throwing touchdowns. Put the guy in the game. This is ridiculous.
1: (laughs) Yes, please put him in the game. Um, Okay, we're both expecting Kansas City to win. Do you think it's going to be close?
0: Mm. I think it'll be within two touchdowns.
1: Okay. You know what? I'm expecting Kansas City to win, but football is random and I'm known for making atrociously atrociously terrible takes. So I'm I'm going to take the Saints. (laughs) I'm going to and it's I've been really high on the Saints from the beginning of whenever like preseason and I think they have what it takes to win this game something we didn't talk about but and we don't have time to talk about like the head-to-head like coaching matchup is going like I don't I have no words to explain that it's gonna I think this game people are gonna look at it and it's gonna be like Patrick Mahomes versus Taysom Hill and instantly they're going to be like, I don't really care to watch that. But I think it. I'm expecting to see a ton of creative offense yeah. plays this game. Yeah. Like, I'm very, very excited for that part of it. Whether or not it's close, I don't really care. But this is going to be like the game of trick plays.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially with Payson Hill. He's, so like the, he's like the Houdini of the NFL. It's annoying. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay so here i am i said i would never pick against the chiefs but i'm gonna pick against the chiefs i'll take the saints specifically for entertainment value to make it better for the listeners <laughs> um also God. in my my team draft with jackson this is kind of like um one of those things that would be kind of big if i got <laughs> a point over him because the saints won <laughs> anyways that's, yeah, let's stop talking about football for a minute. Um, as always, we end the podcast with some for fun questions. I try to relate them to football. Usually they don't relate at all, though. So I'm not even going to try to make a connection with this. these two. Um, the first one, the NBA is back, which feels very weird. Yes. Let's go. It feels so weird to me. I can't even imagine how the players players are feeling, considering they've had, like, some of them really have had, like, barely two months to rest and recover and take care of their bodies but like as a fan i feel like i haven't had time to process everything that happened last season let alone get ready for this season right like Giannis just signed his that supermax contract and you know, he called Milwaukee his home, said he's gonna be there for the next five years. And I can't even process that right now because I'm still stuck on the fact that we freaking sucked in the playoffs. <laughs> okay. So there's that. I wanna ask you though. So it's a seventy-two game season. Oh god. You're in Minnesota. I want you <laughs> this is gonna require some math maybe, but I want you to predict the Minnesota Timberwolves record.
0: Okay. Um let me just let me just start by saying this. Uh, if you don't know, I'm from Seattle. I'm from Washington. I, mean, I was a diehard Sonic fan my entire life. They left and went to Oklahoma. I left came to Minnesota. So I have adopted the Timberwolves. And let me tell you, they're so goddamn bad. Um, and I do not expect that to change from what I've seen in the preseason. They're still really bad. Um, I'd say we at most, at most, win 25 games.
1: Oh, my God. That's, like, cakes. I think they'll be yeah. better than 25.
0: I don't know. The Wolves – here's the thing. It'll take a lot of uh, – I need to see Carl Anthony Towns start playing like an alpha. I need to see uh, – I need to see uh, – I need to see D'Lo – Ball out every game, no mistakes. And I need to see everyone stay healthy. And I need to, and this is the most important piece of this. So pay attention. I need to see Ricky Rubio stay on the bench. <laughs> that is the most important part of this season. Okay.
1: If I had to take the over under on 25, I would definitely take the over though. Fair enough. But I don't bet for a reason. So there's that. <laughs>
0: yeah. And it's a good reason. You're terrible. <laughs>
1: okay my i've come to the conclusion that i don't have super terrible takes right like the pittsburgh thing yeah your takes
0: are good your picks are awful.
1: my picks are awful (laughs) my takes are quality content
0: (laughs) yeah you've got good takes you could argue that your picks are quality content
1: oh i mean quality (laughs) in the sense that like they're gonna make people laugh (laughs) oh
0: yeah yeah i lit about two minutes ago i heard you say I think the Chiefs are going to win this game, so I'm going to pick the Saints.
1: It's cuz sometimes what I think is going to happen doesn't happen. There we go. Although the Chiefs are a different story. I think they're going to win every game and then they win every freaking game, so <laughs> who knows. Okay, what about the Bucks? I only ask cuz of course, Bucks fan.
0: Uh yeah, Bucks are going to be uh Bucks are going to be good. I'm not going to predict their record.
1: Okay, um, I just want to know. But I, NBA fans,
0: but I will. Yes or no? Are we doing this again? Do we need to bring? Do we need to bring the listeners up to speed on what happened when you tried to do this with me last time? <laughs> um, we don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks will make the Eastern Conference uh, finals. Um, I don't know if they'll make the finals. I think they're going to be just as good this year as they were last year. Hopefully, they're better. I will say I do like this Giannis contract a lot. Um, I'm a big fan of it. I like it a lot more than I like the Paul George contract. Um, but I think I think that was the move. I think if they don't make the finals this year, it'll be time for some coaching uh, changes. Um,
1: don't talk about Coach Bud like that. No, I'm just kidding. Um,
0: <laughs> no, I I like him. I think he's a yeah. good coach. But when you got when you got a when you got a team like the Bucks and you got a player like Giannis, there's no excuse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it, yeah. I think that if they miss it again this year, or they just suck in the playoffs again, it, something's got to change. And it's obviously, obviously not Giannis. Yeah. Um, I think they'll be good. I think they'll be. I think they'll be at the top of the East like they typically have been. And uh, hopefully, they do well in the playoffs. Um, but I'm not. I'm not sold.
1: Yeah. I want to just talk about the Giannis contract for a minute. Of course, I'm a fan. But even if I wasn't a fan, I think it's just great for the NBA, right? Like the small market yes. teams, yes. absolutely love to see it. And for him to not create like a, you know, you know, you know.
0: Yeah, I think. No, you know. Um, I will agree. I think. Uh, I think while we're on the subject, the small. I wish the small market teams had a comeback. Um, it's really. I'm not crazy about the super team deal. That's been the trend for the last
1: six seven years. It's like good because it he doesn't just create another super team in like Miami.
0: He's yes, like, exactly. Yeah. I I like it for that reason. Um, being a fan of a small market team, what NBA player wants to come play in Minnesota or even Milwaukee? It is insanely cold. So when you get these when you get these like real stud players to these small market teams and they stick around, it's not just like a pit stop for them. That's huge. I think it's good for the NBA. Yeah, because It's boring when the same teams are in the finals every single year. Like, I'm so glad that the Warriors have dissipated somewhat. You know what I mean? Because it was just extremely boring. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It's it's good for the NBA. It's good for everyone. Okay. Most importantly, if this is the only thing people take from this podcast, (laughs) the Bachelorette finale is next week. Who is Tayshia going to pick, Zach, Ivan, or Brendan? Also, if that was a spoiler for people, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a follow-up.
0: Um, uh, so I just graduated from school. I haven't had any time to watch this show, although I will admit I do watch it um, when I'm not insanely busy. So I don't know any of these guys, but I really like Ivan. I think that's a cool last name, and uh, <laughs> and hopefully – yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully he wins it. Ivan's my guy. A lot of people probably don't know that, but me and Ivan. Yeah, Ivan's the one.
1: Um, <laughs> what, yesterday when I, I was telling you what was going to be on the podcast, I literally – I said, like, some of the important headlines of what we would talk about, and then I was like, also make sure you catch up on The Bachelor.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen any <laughs> of the season. I've seen the first episode, and I was like, I'm not doing all that.
1: Well, for what <laughs> yeah, it's worth well – I would take Ivan as well. Um, Let's go. But I think she's going to take Zach. That's my prediction. If I was Tasha, I would choose Ivan is basically what I'm saying. But I'm not Tasha, And if I've learned anything, it's that the bachelorette slash bachelor never choose who I would choose. So probably <laughs> Zach.